Welcome everybody. Uh, here today uh, we have the second episode of our weekly global podcast for uh, startup news. And here with me today, uh, as usually as last time, we have Drew Barley and Andrew Wasserman from the United States. And uh, myself, um, I'm the founder of Go Global World. Andrew, as you remember, the founder of Logic and Drew is an expert uh, in VC world and he represent uh, Go Global World uh, in um, speaking about VC uh, and uh, investments uh, happening in the startup ecosystems. And uh, uh, as you remember last time, we don't want to spend too much time on talking and discussing just general stuff. I would like to get right into the point and we have three news selected for, for you. And the first news I would like Andrew to start with because he has picked something interesting that might impact uh, startup ecosystem um, in the United States and globally just because of like really recent update from large organization. No, the floor is yours, Andrew. Thanks. Uh, so YC just announced they're gonna invest now $500,000 into their startups instead of a regular 125. And the way it works is they will invest 125,000 for 7% like they used to do before. And at least recently, uh, they used to invest very small checks before. And now they opted up to 125,000 for 7%. And now they're increasing to half a million. 125 still stays for 7%. And then 375,000 will be a follow-up round. And interestingly enough, it's not the first time any startup or accelerator have done it. Uh, Stardex was doing it for a long time. so. It's nothing innovative, but it places YC in a category by itself, where they really are the fielder for venture capitalists now. They have uh, raised the bar for their startups. They have raised the number of startups that goes through the demo day. And I think it's a very interesting conversation about, are they still an accelerator? Should we have different stage accelerators? So we know that uh, VCs used to be a seed round, A round, B round. Now there is a, a seed round, pre-seed round, A round. And A round can be in tens of millions, uh, seed round can be in high uh, seven figures, and even the seed round now can be $2 million or pre-seed. Um, so should there be accelerators that also follow hmm. the model where we have a pre-seed accelerator, seed accelerator, and then growth accelerator? And it's also interesting in how it's affecting the startups themselves, the accelerators in general, and um, the entire ecosystem. So let's talk about this. Yeah, let's talk about this. And, uh, uh, and supporting your point, uh, I've seen a lot of noise uh, uh, from different uh, VCs uh, that uh, uh, YC is killing seed, uh, seed investments. Uh, and uh, that might be, might be a big impact because they are taking the, the entire seed around and those money might be enough for founders to actually build uh, the initial stage of the company. And uh, it might... Uh, 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 might increase evaluation and might be a barrier for uh, uh, some uh, large, big amount of uh, seed investors. So uh, in, it's interesting how it will change the ecosystem because uh, it used to be a, a spot for investors where they come to the demo day and start throwing money into startups and increase their relations. Right now, it might be a barrier for them. <laughs> so, yeah, what do you think about it? Yeah, I'm just curious. Do you think that YC is just going to corner the market on this, or do you think it's going to open the door for other incubators and accelerators? Like, do you think it's going to be a trend, or is this kind of just a standoff event at this juncture with YC? 
Well, the interesting thing is, as uh, Daniel mentioned, um, YC was a standard. So venture capitalists started using YC as a standard for what the startup should look like, what the team should look like, what the growth should look like, uh, what every standard should look like for the seed investment. And let's be honest, I don't think any YC company had a problem raising 300,000 after they graduate. So the 175,000 is just uh, for YC to get more over capital up front. They had the follow-up round for a long time. Now, but it does change the ecosystem in the terms of uh, if you're an investor and you're coming in there, there's 200 plus startups now. Uh, and as an investor, you have a very specific criteria. You can only invest a certain amount in certain startups in certain industry in certain stage. So then uh, is YC still the best filter for you or do you still have to start looking somewhere else? Yeah. And then if you're an accelerator, how do you compete with this? Because it also brings up the valuation for the startups. They now expect to have a $20 million valuation uh, before they have all those things. So if you have an idea on a napkin, you have um, no traction, you have a small team, <laughs> you are two people in the garage with a dog, is YC <laughs> still a choice? Like it used to and be. And the doc is a co-founder as well. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, um, I uh, actually, uh, to support this one uh, as well, uh, I re spoke recently with a, a, a venture investor from Israel uh, who uh, usually uh, joins uh, this um, demo day so from YC. And uh, they can't follow uh, the rounds, so like can't invest just because uh, the startups uh, they meet they like, but they are overpriced for them, and they don't see much value to invest at that round. And so it's becoming a natural barrier that YC is creating because those companies are overvalued. Yeah. So I think the lesson here from this article is: if you're an accelerator, you can have a niche for yourself. Uh, where you will be a better filter for some of the investors uh, because investors are divided between pre-seed, seed, micro VCs, uh, angel investors, and uh, A rounds, B rounds. So you can choose who you want to represent and then help startups get in there. As a startup, you should also look at if you didn't get into YC, it's not, it doesn't mean that you're not good enough. It just means that you no longer fall into this huge category of what YC is. Yep, and uh, we have, uh, uh, if we conclude on this, uh, basically uh, we can see that it's too much money right now in the economy uh, and venture capital world. And uh, we see that uh, plenty of good startups have more opportunities to fundraise, which is uh, more or less good news, I think. Uh, and uh, uh, YC is evolving and growing, so they are actually raising the bar in the industry, which I think it's actually developing the industry and shift will shift how the accelerator should look like. Overall, it's also um, a push for venture capital investors to change and see other opportunities where they can invest and maybe they will find small accelerators where they will build their funnel of startups and invest at early stage. Um, yeah, so overall, it seems to me it's a positive shift, but it will shake uh, the industry for a little bit, especially for venture investors creating more competition around them. 
Yeah, thanks for this update. It's actually a, a nice, nice topic to start with because uh, it's it's gave a lot of noise, uh, and I can see Twitter is like really boiling up uh, this topic. Um, Drew, you have another topic uh, around venture capital, uh, so let's uh, let's get into this. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a nice segue coming from Andrew. Um, you know, we saw the rise of YC, but. In 2021, the data is coming out, Ernst & Young, CB Insights, everybody, that pretty much 2021 was the year of venture capital. Um, we doubled from 2020. We saw global investments at an all-time rise across a majority of continents. Uh, in particular, Asia uh, and the United States was like the two powerhouses. Um, and I remember we were talking earlier before we started, Africa and some other new you know, continents are really getting some attention that they didn't previously get. So it was really great growth, um, despite some kind of pessimism when the pandemic virtually started, everyone thought we were gonna go into the abyss, um, but it turns out quite the opposite. Um, I think they were saying, there's a bunch of statistics out, but global funding uh, was about 621 billion uh, for 2021, which is pretty impressive. Um, that's more than double of what we invested uh, last year, 2020, excuse me, not last year, 2020. Um, so that's pretty impressive. There are about 15 to 1600 rounds more of hundred million up startup valuations, which is pretty impressive. Um, like I said, the two biggers were big ones were China and uh, the U S um, in particular, the U S did, I think about $311 billion in deals about like a hundred, 111% increase from 2020, which is pretty substantial. Um, China, Silicon Valley actually was the number one geography in the US. Uh, New York was doing pretty good. Um, but right in between that, to your point earlier, was um, you know, China, India, um, the Asian markets were really coming in close and really challenging Silicon Valley for you know, that kind of top dog seat, which was nice to see. Um, and I'm just curious like what it's going to mean for you know, a lot of startups that usually don't get attention. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, in the Asian market, China actually saw a lot of growth, which was interesting, despite just the restrictions and the pandemic and things like that. Um, so, for example, in China, the big ones were semiconductor companies, robotics, obviously, and biotech were like the three main industries for startups for unicorns, um, which was pretty interesting. And then in addition, we saw the rise of um, decacorns uh, in 2021, yep. which was interesting. Uh, a lot, a huge rise in that. I think there was a pretty substantial percentage increase. I don't recall right now, but that was really interesting to see that the, the market's getting saturated with this kind of money. Um, and we're seeing those kind of valuations, uh, which is interesting. Um, I thought it was really interesting that uh, a lot of investing is going to China, in particular ByteDance, uh, as you guys all know, who owns TikTok. Uh, they actually came in at number two for the top venture-backed startups and valuations, with, let me see here, I think it was 140 billion. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, just, just from like a general trend, that's kind of what people are investing in. Digital entertainment, um, you know, news distribution on those easy, you know, kind of consumable devices or software, which was really interesting. Um, and then we saw the rise of um, both in biotech in China and the US was um, wearable medical gear was an interesting category that I saw. So with the rise of telemedicine, right, you couldn't go see your doctor. So there are a lot of startups are thinking, how can we track people's biometrics 
with a wearable, like I have Popple, right? But just for an example, like something like this, that'll track how much you drink, smoke, and what you do at home. And then your doctor can see your results without you going into the office, right? And you having to lie to his face or, or her face. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting kind of rise um, in what startups are doing. Uh, and it's very interesting because the data on people's behaviors can also be sold and brokered to other industries and sectors for their growth too. So for example, if you're selling, and this gets in the land of HIPAA, but you know, they're saying if you can get people's data about their behavior at home and you can give it to you know, marketers and people like that, you know, when you're on your computer or your home, you're gonna see a Marlboro ad, right? For cigarettes, you know, big red, right? Um, obviously I'm clearly hankering for a cigarette, so I see where my brain is. But do you, I just thought that was a really interesting kind of um, development, right? Is telemed leading into more consumer-based goods, um, and like where does that, where's dad and privacy going to go? Um, so that was just an interesting kind of side thing that kind of caught my interest during this research. But um, yeah, it, just, it was a great, essentially in summary, it was just a great 2021 for venture. Um, I mean, doubling from 2020. And just brand new markets are really emerging and there's some really cool founders across the world that are really getting a piece of the pie now, finally. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I, I'm really interested in what Andrew thinks. I uh, also saw some updates about China and uh, there is a, also political uh, tension uh, between US and China is impacting this venture world. And uh, uh, I also noticed that in 2018, there were like way more investments in Chinese-based uh, startups uh, rather than now. Uh, I, I might be uh, mistaken about the exact numbers, but maybe 2018, 2019, it was around 30 billion dollars of uh, investments uh, from um, like US to China into uh, into startups. Uh, right now, I, I have seen like about one billion for the past year. So uh, overall, there is large com com competition between different startup ecosystems. However, also on top of this, there is another layer like uh, uh, of these political guys who are from the <laughs> from the old <laughs> uh, generations uh, who are trying to compete between each other for their econ economies and political situations, uh, political interests. Um, what do you think, Andrew? Well, I think Drew did such a great job queuing us in and we can spend 25 hours now discussing everything he just mentioned <laughs> and debating this. Uh, but I, I think there are a number of topics to discuss here is um, it's a good year for VCs. We've heard it for a number of years. It's not the first good year for VCs. It's not like we're coming from recession. Before we spend a lot of time discussing that um, the IPOs are starting later and later. We have a lot more billion dollar startups and this is the reason why VCs are growing. This is the, where the investments are going. Uh, TikTok number being number two is scary because we are, uh, as a society, if TikTok or Facebook or Netflix like shuts down for six hours, everyone freaks out. Uh, if our supply <laughs> chain gets disrupted for a month, everyone's like, yeah, we'll fix it later. <laughs> uh, the second problem is, again, when you are spending so much money on TikTok, uh, you're spending all that money hiring engineers at two or three times general rate. So they're spending all their time making sure you get your videos on time and you can be advertised to uh, in the most efficient way. Um, large enterprises who are actually trying to build Industry 4.0 or something valuable to make sure that, that medicine gets delivered to you, they don't have the ability to hire people. 
when it comes to data scientists, data engineers, and that creates a huge problem as well. So I think it's very important to make sure that we also look at not just the VC spending, but enterprise spending. And the exciting part is enterprise spending has also increased in the technology sector. So large global companies are spending a lot more on technology and startups than they've ever done. And that's the exciting part for me. Mm. And to me, the exciting part that uh, finally uh, uh, the world uh, that we are uh, uh, saying that this interconnected world, uh, but with the COVID, uh, it get it got to a new level, and now uh, it's in so much inter interconnected. So people doesn't matter where they are, they start investing in different startups uh, from different ecosystems, and uh, it's not like only US uh, or only China. It actually creates more opportunities around the world giving uh, giving uh, startups from uh, emerging ecosystems uh, opportunities to actually uh, stand out uh, in front of large ecosystems. So uh, large ecosystems like, uh, like uh, United States, for example, may find their weak points and try to change, improve. So Silicon Valley will never die. I, no one will convince me in that, but I know that Silicon Valley will change and update and will become better and more efficient and still will be part of the uh, leading players of the world. And um, uh, to me, as a conclusion, uh, we will uh, see soon uh, uh, more opportunities for global startups in different parts of the world. And um, uh, before, uh, uh, and with that, I actually wanna uh, shift to the, third topic of, of today's uh, uh, discussion. And uh, I wanna cover what's, uh, uh, what's, uh, what's in it for some startup ecosystems. And uh, I will even share my screen, just uh, the topics I've picked. Um, so uh, there are two uh, uh, news I found uh, interesting for the emerging startup ecosystem. So for example, Anis Ajim, uh, the founder of Ajim Capital, she, she launched her fund to invest in African startups. She's based in Texas. And uh, to me, it's a, uh, it's actually not too big news for, uh, for startup world, but to me, it's a big news because uh, this VC based in the US is uh, creating a fund to directly invest in, into African startups. One, uh, one big news to me that will help emerging markets to grow and especially uh, startups where they didn't have as much opportunities uh, as the startups in uh, developed countries. And another uh, interesting um, finding for this week I have is that in India, they have uh, more than 50,000 startups, but 10,000 startups were set up in the past six to seven months because of this uh, COVID thing and competition and access to capital. And we can see that uh, the rise of venture capital investments in India is just skyrocketing right now. Um, and uh, uh, with these two uh, news uh, and the previous discussion we have, to me, uh, uh, it's interesting how this global ecosystem is uh, starting growing because according to Crunchbase, uh, and last time we mentioned this, 75% of unicorns will be outside the United States by 3035. And uh, uh, right now, uh, what, what we lack is the access to capital in emerging markets, uh, access to uh, expertise and knowledge. And because of this pandemic thing, they started uh, uh, accelerating their uh, the developments and access to everything just because uh, we got all online. And um, uh, now Africa 
India and other ecosystems that, that we discussed just a few minutes ago are starting emerging. And uh, I, I'm interested in your opinion uh, about where it can take us uh, uh, further, uh, considering that even uh, venture capital investors in the US started creating their venture funds in Europe, in Asia, in Africa, and so on. Like, uh, Drew, what do you think? Like, uh, uh, what will be um, the uh, outcome for these startups uh, and for venture capital, for venture world? Uh, when uh, these emerging markets will get into the uh, level of uh, Silicon Valley uh, they aiming to? Yeah, no, I, I first of all, I think what you shared was great. Um, I think the significance here is two things. Number one, I think the rise of Afrotech in itself is pretty significant, uh, especially in the Western market and, and at large. I think having a female minority founder is a new trend that we're seeing, which is very important. Um, that's something that is very difficult and it's very hard too to find uh, VCs um, who are, are predominantly female and or a female minority. Um, so just seeing you know someone investing and doing that and putting their money into Africa and going outside of the U.S. market, I think those three things are really important. You know the diversity. I think that we're seeing um, more people come into the VC space. It's kind of giving it a new flavor, um, a, a new just a new perspective, right? Um, and I think that opens it up for more opportunity and more growth. I think that people investing outside the U.S. and Europe is, is pretty significant. I think those are markets, in particular Africa, I think is a hotbed. Um, I do you know, have some kind of prejudicial curiosity about Africa. Uh, I mean, let's be honest, we all know historically Africa is one of the countries that gets taken advantage of the most. We know the Philippines gets taken advantage of. There's that sense of colonialism, I think, still kind of in the air, at least in my mind. I, I wonder if we're going to see a digital colonialization, right? Are we going to just take all the gold and silver and copper out of Africa? Um, you know, again, in the in the digital startup VC space, um, I'm not espousing any kind of accusations, but you know, it's just something that I, I'm curious about to see from like a like you know ethical, moral kind of standpoint, and just in terms of you know legal, like what are we going to do here? Like, is Africa going to have a fair play? Um, so I'm just curious about that. Um, I haven't thought I haven't thought of this uh, from this angle. It's a very interesting perspective, actually. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, that that's mine. And then I think lastly, to your point, is if all this money's coming into those marketplaces, it's going to be a very noisy ecosystem. So the name of the game right now, I think, for African founders and startups and Asian startups is communication. So, I mean, look at Twitter, right? I mean, for me, Twitter's claim to fame is still Arab Spring, right? We got to see stuff that we would have never known about, right? Had it not been for that digital platform of communication. So I think channels like ours, you know, Go Global is really important. I think stuff like YC Combinator and getting that exposure and, and finding those, those, those hubs where you can get that kind of exposure is going to be really important. And I think people who give that opportunity to those founders are going to be big players and big winners as well, um, kind of being those middlemen between US VCs and those marketplace who can create that communication channel. Uh, yeah, and uh, it comes to the uh, actually uh, the topic uh, that we might uh, cover for the next time, but the importance of uh, the community rise, because nowadays, at least I believe that everyone 
uh, uh, should have their own community, like uh, even every single startup, because it creates so much opportunities with their uh, relationship with their customers, with their uh, in, uh, investors, partners, and so on. And uh, uh, there will be large, uh, large ecosystem uh, communities like ours, for example, and others who will be creating an opportunities on country and global level so those entrepreneurs who uh, use this as the uh, uh, as the place uh, where they have simple rules and uh, access to knowledge capital and network so i agree I completely agree to shift a lot andrew what do you think well i think there's a lot of change that happened in the last few years that are leading to a lot more changes coming forward. And uh, some of it was the pandemic accelerated people moving out of Silicon Valley and trying to live in different places and create Silicon Valley even quicker. But the second thing is uh, we had a lot of Indian uh, executives at Google at the Microsoft leading by example and showing that a different perspective can actually be much better than just uh, a cultural perspective. So I think Indian uh, rise is not just the capital going there. It's also leading by example and showing them what's possible. But uh, it's very interesting to talk about cultural clashes. So in Silicon Valley, we have people from all over the world, but they come to Silicon Valley and they start living this startup culture. And they kind of start forgetting what their culture is. It's getting ignored a little bit. Mm. It's still going into the startup culture. Uh, when we're trying to recreate a Silicon Valley in different cities, we're essentially saying, let's take the culture and bring it to different cities. But as we're starting to hire globally, as we're starting to build it globally, it's going to have this cultural clash where we say, hey, we don't want to live by Silicon Valley rules. That's just insane. Why don't we start building startups and companies with our culture in mind? And bringing those new perspectives will first create a lot more chaos, and once we learn how to manage chaos, I think it's going to create a lot more perspective and a lot more solutions that are actually valuable globally. I agree. That's I agree. Good. Well, uh, um, for today, we've covered three uh, very interesting topics. That was about uh, YC changing startup ecosystem around the world, and it will definitely shake startup uh, startups and VCs. Uh, and we'll create a lot of opportunities. We've covered uh, emerging startup ecosystems and uh, what's happening in the world, in Africa, in India, and, in, and actually around the world. And uh, for the next week, uh, we will pick another three uh, topics that uh, we believe that are important for you global founders uh, building your startups and for venture capital investors. The, because you are changing the uh, landscape of venture world and uh, creating a new value in the world. And we want you to be empowered with these opportunities. So thank you so much, guys. And uh, uh, we will see you next week. All right. Take care. Goodbye. Everyone.